everybody and welcome back to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to get lost with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts, but we're not going to be critics, we're not going to throw numbers at you at the end of this. We're just going to ask that simple question at the end of the conversation. So did you like it? I am Sir Square and joined as always with my co-host. I'm on fro- I'm on- <laughs> Shit, I already fucked up that <laughs> intro. <laughs> I'm on borrowed time. Name's Kaz. And, uh- I was trying- Trying to decide in my head if I wanted to go with the frozen heart or the cuckoo clock heart thing. I fucked up. Look, we have a lot to talk about. Our our good uh, acquaintance who joins us every week, every few weeks or so, Killer K forty seven is today's picker of the movie, which was Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart. And you might be thinking, "Wow, none of that really made sense. That was a very incoherent statement. You could have made that sound simpler." We've got a lot to talk about because. Guys, can can we play a game real quick? Can we play a little game? Oh, shit. Hell yeah, I'll play some games. What's up? All right. Okay, we're going to play just a simple just kind of question game. And it's just like your experience prior to viewing. That's what this concept is. Prior to viewing? So okay. is, is it safe for me to assume that you've probably seen the poster for this movie before? Like you've probably seen it on like some other streaming service. And you always pass it over, and you never watched it. I have literally only seen this poster when it was suggested as a movie for the ra- for for the drawing. Well, this is what it was for me. But I we'll keep going with this game real quick because I want to ask: when looking at this poster and seeing the name of this, what's your vibe for this movie? Without like with, without revealing what we have seen. What was your oh, initial oh, yeah, thoughts? No, I, I can I can tell you because my my I already I know what my thoughts were coming into this. I thought, oh, this looks like it'll probably just like be like a lighthearted kids adventure. Maybe there'll be some turmoil, but ultimately, together, it's gonna be like a good family feel good vibes. I, you know, I fully agree with you there. My idea when I saw this was like this is gonna be kind of like a whimsical fantasy movie with you know an interesting story and like. We'll have that usual happy ending, blah, blah, blah. We'll wrap this up pretty quickly, and then everyone feels good by the end of it. I don't think either of us were wrong to kind of make that assumption with our previous, you know, experiences with films like this. Like, we grew up watching children's films. We grew up watching animated films. I saw Code Lyoko growing up, which was another French production. I don't care if you didn't like Code Lyoko, because Code Lyoko is GOAT. (laughs) Right, I forgot. You're like some weird code Lyoko apologist. <laughs> My bad. Here we are going far. <laughs> yeah, this is. What, what was that? Were you singing re- "Reading Rainbow" or something? Don't make me. Don't make me get started here. All right, we've got we got things to discuss, and we can't get. I could I could look in Lavar Burton's eyes for hours. All right, and I don't need to pull up a picture right now. All right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got a sidetrack with code Lyoko. <laughs> Thank you for apologizing and realizing your mistake. <laughs> Did we get what we expected, Cass? Oh, this is still part of the game. That's just the question to end the game. Did we get what we expected? <laughs> no. I don't know what I got, but it wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> I feel insane after this movie. I don't feel like... I can fully ever go back to who it was after watching this movie. That 
that you from from a couple days ago was so ignorant and so happy. <laughs> I was then. so okay with my life. Like, yeah, it was falling apart a little bit with like society crumbling and like the things going on outside of the home. But you know, I was... <laughs> no, it's more or less the same. But except your soul is going ah. <laughs> Exactly! And then, like, I'm always gonna wake up in the middle of the night here to, like, the sound of a cuckoo clock in the distance echoing in my closet, and I'll be like, are they there? Are they watching? Is this film here watching me now? Oh, so you're saying that this movie turned you into, like, a paranoid Captain Hook? (laughs) (laughs) Where all of a sudden you hear the cuckoo clock, and you're just like, Yeah, you know what? No, fuck you. I get it now, Captain James T. Hook. I... (laughs) I'm with you 100%. I will break every clock with you now. I'm expecting, I'm going to do it, Kaz. Don't stop me. Don't stop me, Kaz. I'm going to do it this time. Stop me, Kaz. Damn it, Kaz. Stop me right now. I'm really going to do it. All right. So this movie is the start of Square and villain. Oh, no. That was toys. This is just pushing me deeper. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. Let's, let's get into this. This is going to be... I'm sorry, guys. Like, usually we try our best... To not get stuck doing just, like, full breakdowns of what we watch, like, scene by scene. But you really need to understand what the fuck is going on. So. Oh, I, I imagine I'm if I start talking about it, I'm going to get scene orders completely wrong. So we start off immediately with Wintry Town, very whimsical movie. Like, music is starting and you're like, okay, cool. And then you were immediately slammed with the fact that this is written and directed by a dude from, like, a, like, experimental rock group. And this is basically his version of Pink Floyd's The Wall. Just, like, heavy drum beats, some guitar just starts coming in, and we start realizing everything is just not okay with the world. As a woman who is just very pregnant starts walking up a winter hill while also saying to the baby, just like, would it be for me that I would keep you in here forever to keep you safe? And it's just like, oh, okay, all right, like, I could get with that. Like, I can understand that. It just it starts really falling apart for me when a cardinal immediately freezes to death in the air and flies, or his corpse just lands straight into her hair like it's a crown. And then it just starts raining bird corpses as she gets to the front door. Yeah, and all of her tears seem to just freeze in her eyeballs before they fall to the ground. Now, I'm not done yet. We're, because we also have to talk. As soon as this woman knocks on the door, another woman answers the door, a midwife by the name of Madeline that a lot of people don't uh, trust too much. She is going to help deliver the baby. And she does. Except the baby is born. Oh, by the way, someone is narrating this all through song while this is happening. It's just, I'm not looking up song lyrics right now. They were? Yeah. (laughs) The baby's born with a frozen heart. He's alive. He is technically alive still. He is blinking, and he is breathing. His heart's just really cold, like an ice cube. So I don't know if this is code for he's like a sociopath at the same time, like he was born heartless, like a frozen heart, like no emotion. I I don't know. And that's when the woman decides, this is not going to do. I can't let this work. I'm going to cut out this baby's heart and replace it with a cuckoo clock. Sometimes I don't think the things happening are metaphorical or have a deeper meaning. I think they're just things that happen. I don't think his frozen heart meant anything other than it was cold as balls that day. (laughs) (laughs) This happened in the first five minutes. This was the first, like, five minutes of the movie. 
Yeah. This was the. This is to set up the full. I don't get this. <laughs> Why? Not does only does she make get make him a cuckoo clock heart and then replace that in his heart, and he has a little key. He's got to wind it up every once in a while. It doesn't really. It's not really that big of a hassle. It's not like uh like that one episode of Futurama with the primitive robots that like. Well, you know, they're having a conversation. Then one minute, the lady's like little uh, water wheel starts spinning. She's like, oh, God, this is the end. Now he's got plenty of time. He can wind it whenever. It's not that big of a deal. Um, she also makes like she like she does this with everyone. Everyone living with her comes by. She heals them and puts metal parts on them. Like a, whole, a guy has a whole ass like glockage spiel or xylophone on his back. Yeah, yeah it, and that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I'm sorry, but like this boy's rules for life. Now the three things this boy, Jack, now has to live by are never touch the hands of the clock on your heart. Never lose your temper. Always stay in control. And never fall in love. And it's it's not just that the heart can't take it. It's that if he does fall in love, the impact that it will have to this clock heart will not only make his heart explode, his whole brain will fry and his bones will implode. That's in the song lyrics. Like, she sings this to this baby boy as she's explaining how she just, quote-unquote, saved his life. I don't remember that, but it sounds like a metal-as-shit song. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty wild, man. It's a pretty wild way to start things off. Also, she gets a set of rules, like the don't fall in love thing and all don't touch the hands, all that stuff, from her new mother. Because what happens to her old mother? Her old mother just thinks to herself, like, you know what? This woman is going to be a way better mother than me. And while I said I would protect this baby and my pummy for, like, the rest of my life if I could, I'm leaving. (laughs) Well, she did say as long as he was in the tummy, and he's out. So... (laughs) It's like graduating. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know? yeah. Instead of eighteen years, we got that shit done in nine months. Yeah, you know, cut the umbilical cord, get out, of it, you know, <laughs> let him walk on his own. So she leaves him with the Madeline, weird science doctor lady. Yeah, it's just you know, if you've got a, if you come to this woman and you're just like, hey, my hand's broken, it's gonna be a situation where it's just like. Well, we can just, like, splint it, and you're going to have to stay away from it for a little bit. It's like, I'm going to replace it with this puppet marionette hand I found, and you're going to have to control it yourself. But at the same time, it's going to sing to And it comes with puppets. It comes with puppets on each finger. So it's like five puppets in one hand. That's crazy. Really? You didn't lose a hand. You gained a family. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked that. I would watch that movie. Though masturbating with that hand will be wild. Here <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to come up with a name for this like so-called movie in our heads right now, and you just go full on <laughs> off the cliff there. You got a bunch of like you got people on every finger. You said, yeah, I guess they're just helping out. And you said it plays songs, didn't you? We <laughs> <laughs> won't like this anymore. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I should have never said anything. I should have forgotten this idea. We we, we get like a small montage of him growing up. It's very small, slight montage. But yeah, he he grows up a little bit. He's a teenager now. Uh, What does every teenager do when you give him rules? He's only 10. No, there's no waiting. We have to go through this. There's no time. He's only 10. 
He hasn't become a teenager yet. Because, remember, I know who you want to get to yet, but we have to first talk about the girl. He's got a beautiful voice of a grown man. Yes. <laughs> when he they sings. Not, they, legitimately, they did not give like, this... None of the characters that go from, like, the age of 10 to the age of 14. Because that's really, like, that's the years that are spent here, you know? They don't get kids. They get full-on adults. He sounds like an adult. And when he meets the love of his life and they sing together for the first time, this 10-year-old is definitely singing, Let me rip my cl- your clothes off with my teeth and turn them to confetti to fall upon us. But I'm getting Which? ahead of myself. No, I'm not. Rich That's really what illustrates what a what a slow bloomer I was, late bloomer I was. It's one of those things where your mom tells you the entire time, "Don't fall in love." Then, like immediately, the third woman he meets, boom. That's the you one. sing out a whole sex ballad. <laughs> it really was. That was his shapoopy right there. Sorry, I had to drink something. Anyway, I okay. We can talk about him now. Let's just get to him. Let's just talk about him because we have to. <sighs> I'm falling apart bef- right now, Kaz. I'm is this apart. before or after the train ride where he goes to school? So, yeah, I think what you were trying to say was 10, 10, 10 years old, meets this girl, does a whole, like, weird song and dance thing. She was only visiting, I think, the town to do her little uh, performance or whatever, and then she's gone. Um, so it was, like, the one time he ever met her, and he was instantly smitten, and she was also, I guess, into him. Yeah, or something. she also we find says, out later. I don't wear my glasses, so I'll recognize you by... My voice. Uh, spoiler alert: She's lying. She's not that. She good. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, the reason she doesn't wear glasses is just like I just don't want to look very bug-eyed with glasses on. I, I, I'm sorry, you don't want the gift of sight. I mean, during during a performance and all that stuff, when she's all like, she doesn't wear them at all. Yeah, I know, but she I'm only just wears saying, them she when she's like, oh, I guess I have to. She I puts know a them lot of. I know plenty of people like that actually. I t- wear your glasses. I know plenty of people who need glasses and are just like, no, only if, when I really, really need them. And it usually means they forget them somewhere. Nah, all right, everybody, wear your glasses, okay? PSA, wear your glasses. Quit this. I'm going to take off my glasses for the rest of the podcast out of spite. I will reach through this computer screen, through the internet itself, in the dark channels of the dark web. And bitch slap you through your screen. I just don't want to look like a bug-eyed dweeb in front of the people. You think taking off the glasses are gonna are gonna fix that? Ouch. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. So does he get on the train, the magical fucked up train ride before or after he goes to school? Because I after think he, he finds goes to out. School, we have to talk about the slam poet. Ah. Uh... Because, you know, kids like this, like, of course they're going to get bullied. Because they just have to immediately be super bullyable people. So he shows up to school to start asking about the girl he met because she's vanished and he's in love. And he's never going to forget about her. But, of course, the school he goes to has the one other dude in town that is also in love with that same girl. Has a childhood repertoire with that same girl and is also i guess incredibly rich and the master of the school in terms of the biggest bully who just beats the shit out of everybody and has the very intimidating name of joe yeah don't fuck with joe man his name is like this is a french film and you might be thinking well you know they changed the name for purposes no 
His name is Joe. That is his name. And Joe is that, like, one white guy that really just gets super pissed off when rap songs don't have a deep meaning. Like, he's yeah. that guy. <laughs> he's yeah. that guy. It's just like, if it's all about clubbing and just getting, like, the fun times in your life, fuck you, all right? That's not real rap to Joe. And he'll make sure, he'll let you know what real rap oh, is. Because he's a Joe. slam poet as well. Joe drops the most mediocre bars I've ever heard, man. This guy listened to Hamilton, said, I want to do that, but did not have the talent to back it up. Joe is like, really, the only true art in rap music is the struggle, man. Without it, I don't know that there's any art in it. And he's that guy. Like. <laughs> He's going to be the one that tells you just like, I mean, was NWA really that good? <laughs> you can't, dude. I fucking can't with this character. Yeah, he's like, I only I only listen to the deep tracks, you know, the real underground stuff. You haven't heard any stuff I listen to, and it's it's like Run DMC. <laughs> <laughs> His favorite reggae is UB40. <laughs> and Sugar Ray. Yeah, so Joe sucks. Like that's what we're really trying to like. We're trying to sell you the point here that Joe just fucking sucks. I'm sorry. I'm just like imagining all the things we just said about this character, and it's like, I've we've never. You don't have to imagine much. It's Joe. (laughs) We have never been so right about a character before. Uh, and yeah, so he's our main antagonist. Big old bully. What an asshole! And he gives him like you know, hey. You don't mention her name, you don't look at her, you don't shake her hand, you don't do any of that stuff, uh, or I'm a beat your ass kind of bullshit. And then I think we get a montage of them beating his ass anyways. Oh, dude, he has this, like, little, like, chipmunk or mouse or something, like a rodent that is, like, his best friend, basically, and he keeps with him, and there's just this one time during the montage of him getting bullied, and he's just feeding his little rat in the schoolyard, and a kid kicks a soccer ball nearby, and instead of running up to kick the soccer ball, he fucking yeets that rodent over the wall. Rodent's dead. You will never see the rodent again for the rest of the movie. And just starts running around the schoolyard like he scored a goal at the World Cup. Yeah, it's... it's Jack's life <laughs> sucks. Jack's life is horrible, man! <laughs> uh... Uh, so anyway, he stabs Joe in the eye. Yeah, so Joe's ready to go fuck him up, beat his ass, and yeah, I think he's fucking... He finds out his heart's all, you know, machinery and clockwork and shit, and then he fucks with it. And I think, like, a cuckoo comes out of it? Mm-hmm. It pokes his ass... Pokes, I was like, pokes his ass in the eye. Pokes... <laughs> no, <laughs> he pokes it, his it, ass it, in the eye. It, it, it didn't get... It, it went for a frontal attack. Poked him in the eye. Um... And then Jack freaks the fuck out, decides to take a train to go home, thinking, I just killed a man. He's fucking dead. Oh, God, I can never show my face again. I need to hide. And he goes to probably the chillest person in the entire movie, I think, right? This is is when he was living with that one dude? No, 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 yeah, yeah. So, like, he goes to his mom. Oh, And, like, his mom mom? is the one that helps him uh, get, like, helps him escape. New mom, right? Yeah, Madeline. 
his his adopted mom. Anyways, yeah, his mom. His mom is not in the picture. When I talk about his mom, I'm talking about the woman that saved him and gave well, him the, like was the midwife. All right, let's. She's gonna come up again. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> she comes up dead. Not the old. Okay, okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, okay. Yeah, look. There's, there's a part. It's like, hey, whatever happened to her? And they're like, oh yeah, she went Cause, off because she was like couldn't take care of you and shit. And I think he just finds out she died or some shit. Well, I mean, he finds out that, like, Madeline died. No. I thought they both did. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, she decides to help him, tells him to get on the train, get the fuck out of there. No, we are not over Pat. We are not going to just gloss past this. I'm sorry. First off, this train has bat wings. This train has bat wings. And, yes, they flutter constantly for no reason. The train doesn't fly. It just has bat wings. Sorry you don't like whimsy in your life. Jeez. And you need to understand as well, when Jack goes off and meets the girl for the first time in his first big outing in the town they live in, which is Edinburgh, he goes through this dark alley. And in this dark alley, there looks like a shady dude that looks over at him and then just kind of like melts into the shadows and like nothing happens again. Well, then that dude shows up on this train after Jack seeing some song about being on a loco locomotive and just tries to kill Jack with this crazy knife, and he's chasing Jack through this insane train while we're getting this weird musical montage of this guy singing to Jack, trying to murder him, and you're asking, why? Why is this happening? Then it turns out this dude is Jack the Ripper. That's right. You heard me right. This is Jack the Ripper. Jack the Cuckoo Clock Boy meets Jack the Ripper. And he stabs Jack in the heart but it bounces off the cuckoo clock. And then Jack's new best friend that he's going to meet for the first time just now enters into the train, and then Jack the Ripper runs off, and then that's never mentioned again, and it's just there, and I don't know why, and it's really messing with me, guys, and I need some help figuring out why this was here. Oh, you're right. We did forget to say this is a musical. Why is this here? (laughs) (laughs) Help me right now. Why is this here? Oh, so, yeah, the entire time we're watching it, me and someone else uh, watching it, uh, we're both holding that, holding the banner for Jack the Ripper, thinking he's got to come back, right? And we're there theory crafting. He's probably going to come back, and he's going to do this. It's going to be really fucked up. He works for Joe. Watch him work for Joe or some shit. Either he works works with Joe or he's Joe's dad or some shit, because they kind of look a little bit similar. Or he's going to come in. He's going to kill, like, the girl that he's interested or, like, uh, you know, hold her at knife point, and Jack's going to have to come in and save her from Jack. That's confusing. Uh, Anyways, yeah, all (laughs) kinds of theories and all this stuff. And he never shows up again. (laughs) Absolutely no fucking point to this subplot. It was literally a way to introduce this new character in a cool way, I guess. Like a big old, like, hey, I just really wanted to do a song about Jack the Ripper. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't feel like sometimes maybe the music came first and they were like, "Uh, how do we fit this into a story? (laughs) (laughs) Easy. I put Jack the Ripper on this train. (laughs) Oh, I thought this was where we were going to have action in the movie. Nah, it's like a fucked up dream sequence. Every one of these music videos is like a weird, surreal dream sequence where, like, time either stops or the characters break uh, reality or physics in some way. They don't really, but in the moment of the song, it's like a music video in that, like, ah, fuck it, it's like a dream. Everything. Except uh, it's not with this one because he... 
when George Kinda Millier, was, no, with all when the George shadows and the lights, comes into the train, he sees Jack the Ripper, and he's just like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to walk in on you." Jack runs away, and then he drops his camera and starts picking up all the cogs, and that's when he looks under the chair and sees Jack the Cuckoo Clock Boy. So. Jack the Ripper was there. There was a man trying to murder a 14-year-old boy on a train that apparently they're the only two people on this whole fucking train. And that's it. Once again, reality doesn't matter when you start singing. Oh, that'd be fucked up. You could just sing, trap someone in a reality dimension, and no one would ever know. No, like the power of musicals is something that we cannot wield. This is why I don't watch musicals. I understand. I can't get lost. Not again. It's it's like getting into the Necronomicon, man. Like that occult knowledge will really open you up to a world you're not prepared for. I'm less afraid of that. Uh, <laughs> <so> yeah, <laughs> I'd rather fuck with Cthulhu than Jesse, my the fair Ripper. lady. That's our Jack the Ripper interlude, I guess. <laughs> That's just, uh, I don't know, man. If at any point, like Tucker wants to insert songs from this. Yes, that's please, a stupid Tucker. idea. <laughs> you need to. No, don't listen to Kaz. They need to understand what the fuck is going on right now. Yeah. No, I don't want to hear. Listen back to this podcast and hear Joe's mediocre ass like attempted <laughs> no, rhymes. I want to hear Joe's mediocre fucking bars. Like no, no, put it in there. So many long years I've reflected and ruminated. Unable to accept my adventure had been terminated. Mr. Cassio haunts my mind, whatever I do, whatever I try. I've set out to find her and the man who gouged my eye. That's right, now I'm back to give this story a new direction. I couldn't stay in Edinburgh, floundering in woe and dejection. This man looks like like he auditioned for The Cure and they were like, I don't know, too much of a bitch? <laughs> Which is saying something for The Cure. Anyways, um... Oh, I'm gonna. God. I just pissed off a whole bunch of like God. <laughs> yeah, man. Like you just go for everybody at this point. I love it. Yeah, love fuck anyone named Joe. <laughs> you can't rap for shit, Joe. All right, so <laughs> I'm talking to you. You hear me? Um, <laughs> you know who you are. Okay, I'm gonna say something good about this movie. All right, we are going to say something good, and that is the next sequence after Jack the Ripper, and your mind is kind of fucking blown and trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. They do do, I don't remember the song, don't remember the lyrics, I didn't really give a shit, but it goes into an insane sequence of stop animation for them, like, on the train, like, riding on top of it, like, talking about dreams and, like, following the future or something like that, you know, and it's gorgeous. Mm. The style change was seamless and beautiful, and, like, they even kept Jack and Millier in the same animation style that they are in for the entire movie but they just seamlessly fit into this one moment beautiful sequence that's the only really good thing i'm going to say about this movie and then yeah i think his mom madeline said to like oh hey yeah when you get to the next town when you get off the train find a clockmaker and he's like shouldn't i find a doctor she's like no nah, fuck that shit don't trust clock uh, don't trust uh, uh uh doctors don't trust police you fucking get a clockmaker damn it which means Madeline's based as shit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Madeline's not gonna let Don't you trust doctors, people. All right, anyway. Don't trust those doctors. Well, I mean, at least he has like he lives in a place with like universal health care. So I mean, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> I wonder what that's so, like. 
So, well, he doesn't need health care. He needs a fucking mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, one of his liver which, is, like, hurting him, okay? He needs insurance. a doctor. So she'll replace it with, like, a piano or something, like a music <laughs> box. Who cares? All right, that's pretty rad. That's pretty fucking rad. All right, I, I admit that. Yeah, exactly. Every time you drink alcohol, then the music box starts going. Um, anyways, Can I have my, like... My heart replaced by the lament configuration. Which this movie lament sucks. Configuration. <laughs> from, from, from the original of the new movie. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so she goes there. Oh, he goes there. He gets offered a job for the circus. He's like, nah, I don't have to think about it. Finds the clockmaker. The clockmaker's like, hey, you should probably get a job. Yeah. <laughs> You'd probably cause... be great at scaring people. And he goes back to the circus. By the way, the, clo- the, the, the clockmaker in this town. I jumped the gun a little bit earlier because I thought he'd met him by now, but this well, guy's the, the chillest motherfucker. Dude. No, he's a real person. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, George Millier is, like, a real person in history uh, nope. that was, like, okay. a French filmmaker that was, like, I think he, like, is one of the ones that led a lot of technological advances in the film industry as well. And it's just, like, why? <laughs> why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Probably not a real chill person, then, I guess. Just probably, an, ass, I, an asshole, I guess. I, probably. Yeah, they probably just made him look <laughs> chill as hell for this movie. I'm just a kid. Why are we doing this? Okay? Like, everyone was fake to begin with. We had Madeline. We had Jack the Cuckoo Clock Boy. We had Joe. We made up Jack the Ripper. And then, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But Jack the Ripper was in it, and he's somewhat in history, and you're like, okay. And then you just bring in this real fucking dude. Never mind. I'm not going to get into this tangent. <laughs> but it's happened before in video games. This is video games with guys. So, yeah, this guy's chill as fuck. He's pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, fucking get get the job. So he goes against the job. Uh, he's supposed to scare people, I, I think, on a, like one of those little like kind of like Tunnel of Love type rides. But it's like a spooky one. Has like skeletons and shit popping out of you. Whatever. Dumb little screams. Anyways, he's supposed to scare people, but he's too damn charismatic. He just sings songs with people and rides aboard the train with them and has a good old fucking time. And also, just so you know, we go from Edinburgh to Andalusia, Spain, which means when we meet up with the girl again, whose name is Miss Acacia, that's her name. You meet her when she's 10 and her name's Miss Acacia. You meet her again when she's 14 and her name's still Miss Acacia. Whatever her first name is, and uh, usually your names don't change between the ages of ten and fourteen. Well, I mean, like you would think they would maybe learn her first name because apparently they love each other and they're gonna run away with each other. But he still just calls her Miss Acacia. Uh, anyway, you know. Um, so we we get a very good Spanish song. Uh, we didn't get any subtitles, and me and Kaz unfortunately do not speak Spanish. But the performance was very beautiful. It didn't make any sense. Again. No, but like I said, these are all dream sequences every time they sing and perform. God, I wish that was real. It will be in your heart and in your dreams. I just need to go Um, watch Tarzan after this. There you go. (laughs) Phil Collins will heal my soul. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, he's Spook Boy now. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, but we just—I I wanted people to know what the fuck was going on with that oh, subplot. So, so he becomes real big friends with this clockmaker or real guy from real life or whatever. Uh, also becomes friends with like the circus folk who can fucking get it. 
There's these conjoined twins. They're older ladies. Conjoined twins. And this clockmaker has got some fucking moves, man. Got that real game? He is romancing both of these sisters, and they are down for it. Puts them in his movie, which, since it's a French movie from a time in actual history, it's a lot cleaner than I think it would have been. <laughs> it was beautiful. But, but yeah, he's got a game with them, and he sticks with these ladies the whole time. Like, it wasn't just like him playing the field, but like, yeah, I'm going to land these two conjoined twins. Nah. He's a he's a romantic guy, dude. This is a ride or die situation. He's but, getting married. By the time, I'll, oh, you know, we'll we'll get to there when you start telling us what happens next. But like, by the time Jack's ready to leave them and says his farewells and all that stuff, he's standing there right next to them, and they're just like right next to each other, like, "All right, bye, Jack. We're gonna we're gonna be chill here. <laughs> Make more movies, probably. Anyways, yep, yep, yep. But he meets. Uh, face uh and then uh they have their little song he put you know she's on the ride so she sees him work at his job they have a little bit of uh tete a tete where they talk about like hey you know oh you're pretty cool you know him trying to like play it smooth but since she doesn't know what he looked like he's trying to be like he doesn't cooler to reveal than he was who he is yet. yeah but he does at first she tells him that she she loves a boy from her past so of course he immediately thinks it's Joe, because Joe would get letters from her every birthday, and they knew each other. I love when he he thinks it's Joe and every one of us. It's like that naked gun scene where everyone simultaneously had, like, face palming, because we're all like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he goes to he goes to his friend, and just like, she doesn't love me, and I don't know what to do. It's just like, well, just try to, like, win her heart and everything. He's just like, okay. So then he does find out that it's actually him because she explains like the one memory she has with this mysterious boy so then he shows up to his friends again and like a death sentence goes she does love me it's just like <laughs> and it's like what the fuck do you my want my boy i thought you'd be excited about this it's like i don't know what to do like i've been lying to her just like just tell her the truth like sing with her and they sing together and it's great and they're in love, and they're going to run away together. And he bursts into his room with the friend saying, we're going to run away, and it's beautiful, and life is amazing, and we're all cheering, but this is a French movie, so you got to quit that shit now. <laughs> you get those happy feelings out of here. I am not going to let you think that we are not going to be sitting in a cafe in black and white with existential thoughts, smoking a cigarette by the end of this film. We're getting that shit started right now. You piss baby American. We are here to be fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> what has this movie done to us? It's mainly uh, French. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're wondering, what could go wrong? Well, of course, fucking Joe. Joe shows Joe. Up. And you think he's done spitting those mediocre rhymes. bars and have gotten any better in the probably only kind of like maybe six months that Jack's been gone? No, he hasn't gotten any better. It's still really shitty and like he only has an eye patch now on his eye, so he looks even dumber. Uh, yeah, he he's he's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you might be thinking, well, Joe shows up. 
that just means we're going to get an epic duel. No, we are not going to get Jack an epic Jack the Ripper's going to show up, right? <laughs> Jack the Ripper's going to show up because he works for Joe. No. Or he's going to kill Joe and be like, well, that solves things. No, that would be connective <laughs> tissue. And we don't need that shit here. Again, we're going full French it's with true. this. We don't need connective tissue. Let your flesh fly from your bones. Sorry. <laughs> at this point, Joe just... After seeing Miss Acacia perform and seeing that Jack is there, goes to her uh, dressing room before she can leave with Jack and tells her everything. The rules to Jack's heart. What happened to between Jack and Joe? Not that they bullied each other, but that he had lost control of his heart and it stabbed Joe in the eye and that if Jack fell in love... He would die. So how does Miss Acacia take that? She immediately accuses Jack of attempting to make her a murderess. I can't believe Jack would do this to her. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like everyone just decides to take leaps in logics. And I'm like, ah, you know, there's only so many times where you could shrug your shoulders and be like, they're 14? But then it's like, all right, I think everyone is just stupid here. I don't know. Everyone just wants to assume the worst. So, so then you're thinking maybe like maybe this is the moment where Jack and Joe are gonna fight it and he's gonna prove his love. Well, you have to understand. Uh, before this all happened, when they decided to run away together, Jack gave Acacia his key, the key to wind up his heart, what keeps him alive. And so she breaks his heart. She doesn't want to run away with him. She doesn't want to fall in love with him if it's gonna make her a murderer. Because Jack will die. So she's going to go with Joe. And she gets in the carriage. And Joe starts spitting those mediocre bars. Just like straight up admitting that he bullied and abused this other boy for four years. But that doesn't matter because he's a freak that stabbed him in the eye. And Acacia still goes with Joe. Like, here's all this, but still goes with Joe. So, Jack, you know, Jack rips part of his heart out. He breaks the first rule, rips the hands off of his clock heart and the, you know, the faceplate and goes to his friend. Becomes despondent. Becomes, tells George what happened, that he wants to die, that life is not worth living. George just like, bitch, go home. Go see your mom. Go save your life. He gets out of his little... Menage a trois with the twins, and he goes, what? Oh, yeah, shit, that happens, kid. Like, <laughs> like, time heals all wounds. You will fall in love again. Like, just go home, fix your heart, come back, my dude. We're, like, best friends. Like, this dude's just like, no, don't die. What the fuck? Uh, because he's uh, like, where is your key? He's like, I gave it to Acacia. You silly boy! Good thing to your heart, what which keeps you alive, you fool. So, uh, so. this happens. So, Jack is going to run home to see his mom. Oh, but again, again, we're going full French. So we cut back to Joe and Acacia in the carriage, where Joe is explaining to Acacia that right after Jack escaped, the police instead arrested his mom, Madeline, and she died in prison a couple days later. And so there is no one to save Jack's heart. Acacia immediately realizes the key to his heart is with her, and this boy is about to die. And that's when she starts feeling a little bit of remorse, because 
okay, and then decides, like, no, I must find Jack, and starts running back. Joe doesn't even Did react to why, why they arrested his mom. Because someone had to go to prison, because Joe is an important figure. Joe's got okay. money. Joe's got okay. money. You can tell Joe's got, like, some sort of, like, whoever Joe's father is probably has some sort of power within yeah. town. Okay. Uh, so... Jack is on the Jack is on the train and leaves before Acacia can uh, get to him. So she has to take a different train. So now you think to yourself, "Oh, he's back on the train." So this is when Jack the Ripper is going to show up again. And this is when we're going to go full French. No, you're you're dumb for thinking that Jack the Ripper's not coming back. Stop bringing it up, okay? Jeez. Yeah, you're why obsessed, you listener. Stop it. Seek help. <laughs> like, why would you keep asking him anyway? So Jack, freezing, dying, makes it up the hill to his mother's house, collapses at the front door where his mother's friends open the door and realizes it's Jack, bring him inside and bring him back to consciousness. Only to explain to him, your mother is dead. She died of a broken heart. Always wondering if her son was going to grow up to be a good man because that's what she really worried about. And even... Even the man with the glockenspiel back that had, you know, uh, was always talking about time heals all wounds and to be happy has no light in his eyes anymore and will not even say a word. Just despondent looking out of window. So, Jack then goes outside, finds the gravestone for his mother, collapses, and just is just kind of freezing there until Acacia shows up. It's just like, Jack, my Jack, I am here. I, I will save you. I have the key. Jack, Jack, like, is... <laughs> Jack takes the key from her. Which one? I didn't even think he was alive at first. He looks like this Jack Torrance-ass motherfucker. He looks like a different Jack. Ah. Where he just ah. looks like frozen in the snow. And I wasn't sure he was even alive still. But then he like kind of looks up at her. His tears also freezing like his mom's or whatever. And then he just like grabs the key from, or takes the key from her because she's about to stick it in his heart and wind him. And he just grabs it, fucking yeets it somewhere off into the snow. It was like, there now you go. Is... Now you can't be a murderer. Whatever happens, it was my choice. And so then... now I can kiss you. <laughs> they kiss. Time freezes. And then Jack climbs into heaven, fully dead. <laughs> He starts Roll climbing credits, frozen baby. snow. Everything f- stops around them. Time stops. There's snowflakes, and he grabs the snowflakes, and Rock climbs his way onto heaven. It is a long fucking trip, and I guess what else is he going to do? <laughs> Roll credits. That is the movie. What's up? So I guess the moral of the story is never leave home. Never fall in love. Don't do anything. Just listen to your mother and be a good boy. Don't go to school. School is bad and you'll hate it and resent it. I can't, dude. If you leave, your mother will die. Everyone you love will die. Your loved ones will not care for you, but you might get a smooch. (laughs) And I guess it's worth it then, really. (laughs) I 
can't, dude. Like, this was my reaction when we watched it. I couldn't stop laughing. I could not fucking believe this was the end of the movie. Jake just dies. That's it. The movie's over. Life sucks so much that this 14-year-old would rather just fucking die. <laughs> and the movie oh. ends. I think three-fourths of the way into the movie... Killer shows up. The person who you mentioned at the top who recommended this, this movie was recommended. He shows up like three fourths into it. The movie ends. Credits. We're like, wait, what the fuck? Simultaneously, everyone in the chat at the same time goes, Killer! <laughs> <laughs> to which he just kind of like types or puts little gifts of like hiding and running away. <laughs> and we're just, he's just like, Hey, I just thought this movie was weird and cool when I was a kid. I just wanted to show, I wanted you to experience what we experienced. I I don't know what I experienced. It's legitimately like a dude watched the wall and was just like, I could try this too. I could do this as well. But sometimes, man, maybe not. I'm this movie. I'm, okay. I I'm gonna read some I wanna read some critical responses to this movie. I actually wanna know what critics said about this movie. I know would love for critics, this to be like we're not critics, but I really wanna see what critics So about So this we'll movie. read from competent people. Yeah, let's read from the let's read from people that'll take bribes for money. For we'll take Yay. some money for like, you know, fucked up things. Hey. Oh I would also take bribes. I'm just not <laughs> worth anything. <laughs> Okay, okay, let's see what we got. What we got. All right, Los Angeles Times. They didn't like the movie. They said, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart stubbornly remains less than the sum of its parts. But his rich visual imagery suggests the talented artists involved could create something exciting, truly original. They had a better script. It's true. But then someone else from Variety said, uh, Malzieu has created a fully realized, wildly imaginative storybook world and populated with eccentric characters. So it's like some liked it, some didn't, you know? Yeah. And it's the same with audiences. Audiences right to it was like some liked it, some didn't. Yeah. Seems like a pretty divisive movie. Did it win any awards, perhaps? Was it even nominated for an award? They did submit this movie for an Academy wow. Award. They considered they had they they entered it for consideration for a best animated feature of that year. Um it didn't get nominated. I know. You're thinking to yourself, like, what? How could it not? At the 87th Academy Awards. But unfortunately, it was beat out by the likes of Big Hero 6, The Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Song of the Sea, and The Tale of Princess Kaguya. I'm sorry, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock, but you're not better than Song of the Sea. You're I, just you not. Know, you know, of all the movies you mentioned... I've only seen Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart. Like, I'm sorry, ba- Big Hero Six is a great movie. I, I don't know if it was better than some of these other movies, but like, that's what they voted for. The Box Trolls was a stop animation film that, like, they don't make movies like that really anymore. So it was really nice. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon Two was wildly emotional for a follow up to a children's film about riding dragons. It was insane that I was just like in the theater crying when that movie came out. Uh, Song of the Sea is made by the same people that made Wolf Walkers, and it is a beautiful story about Selkies, and uh, again with Irish folklore and songs. And then 
I've never seen the tale of Princess Kaga yet, but I've heard great things. Alrighty then. But no, I'm sorry, Jack. You're not gonna fucking be in this group this time. Like, I'm sorry. You might have gotten a reaction out of me. You might have gotten a rise out of all of us. You did. You got that out of us, and we'll give you that much. But it wasn't because it was the greatest fucking movie we ever saw. Ah, uh, yeah. It's um. Well. <laughs> Is it that time? So, so so did did you like it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Okay, look. I'll put it like this. This is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. I would never, ever watch this movie by myself again. I tried to earlier today to get ready for the <laughs> podcast, but it was only to get ready for the podcast. I myself would never put this on alone ever again. I would watch it again with a bunch of people that have never seen it before so they could experience this fucking fever dream, <laughs> like, for the first time, and I could just be there and just be blamed for spreading this, like, this this oh, knowledge no. to the world, just like <laughs> Killer K-47. So but, maybe that's what he was doing. <laughs> that's exactly what he was it's doing. A, it's an It Follows kind of curse. <laughs> He just spread the curse to us, and he found the most brilliant way to do it. Us poor, hapless victims. Because now we're all going to have to show it to people. People who hear this, you know if you've never seen this, you're going to have to look this up. You're going to have to at least try it. You, you're not going to believe anything we said, but we legitimately have not lied to you this entire fucking time. But, at the end, that's what my answer is. If I were to watch this by myself, not really. But if I'm watching this with friends, I'm going to have one of the best fucking times of my life. <laughs> so that's where that movie is. Yeah, you're going to be you're that. Gonna be that guy who's just like smiling and giggling to himself the whole time while you're looking at people waiting for the reaction. <laughs> They're just seething next to you. <laughs> so did I like it? No, but it is now the greatest fucking weapon in my arsenal, and I'm very happy it exists. Mother of God. So, Kaz. Yeah. Did you like it? No, I did not. <laughs> it was weird and trippy in some places, which means I kind of like some parts. Visually, it was pretty neat. It kind of looks like a better budget code, Lyoko, as we mentioned. To save all that we love. I haven't seen The Hunchback of Notre Dame forever. I don't remember the songs. Um, Fuck you. And so... It's not incredible, but I mean, I yeah, I think it's the same as what you said. I would probably never watch it. I don't even think I would subject other people to it. Uh, the only way I would ever watch this again is if someone was like, hey, yeah, what's this movie? Have you heard of that one? And I would basically just turn into Charlie Day with the Pepe Sylvia bullshit with like strings and a corkboard. Uh, but then after that, it's it's in God's hand whether I end up watching it again. <laughs> it's just in God's hand after this. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, but yeah, my answer is no. No, I did not like it. <laughs> but you didn't feel not a really. special connection with any of these characters. Jack the Ripper, <laughs> and the fact that you just also wanted to get out of this movie as quick as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Her mom's pretty baller. I actually been like, nah, fuck this shit. I'm out. <laughs> Fine. Uh, we, you want to save his fucking life? You take him. <laughs> before we get into uh, the usual closing stuff, I did also want to mention, because we didn't 
mentioned this before because like all that weird shit happened. Before you think the mom was the least weird part, she drank distilled tears as a liquor. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, we all been there. What do you got going on in your life, Kaz? Um, uh, sadness. Mostly sadness and stress. Um, That's me too. Uh, we're still doing Cult of Lamb. Uh, uh, Nan's out of commission because he hurt his little elbow, I think. Hopefully we'll be starting Baldur's Gate soon, but I'm poor as balls, so I can't afford Baldur's Gate. And I forgot what I'm doing on on uh on Sundays now that I finished Last of Us. There was something fun. Who cares? It doesn't matter. What are you doing, huh? <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, you're so you're so smart. Uh, why don't you say what you're doing? Absolutely nothing. What are you talking about? What did I ever say? Smart. Oh, what are you talking about? I got, I got nothing. Yeah, I got, I got nothing. Now, okay, here's what's going on. Um, I'm still, unfortunately, my computer cannot, I can't stream still at the moment. So all I've got right now is the podcast. So I appreciate any uh, listeners out there who are enjoying this and who spread the word to others who they think might like it. I really appreciate that. And if you just want to see when I'm doing anything, you can follow me on Twitter at Sir Square and S Q U A R I N. Uh, also shout out to our uh, editor Tucker for all the work he does. We really appreciate it. And very exciting news. Uh, starting next week, we're going to start recording our episodes for the holidays. And as we did last year, we are going to continue the tradition of spending the holidays with a special someone. And following up James Gunn, we have decided on actor Ryan Gosling. That's it. That's right. Holiday music everywhere, Tucker. Cheers. Applause. We're watching Ryan Gosling and we're all going to fall in love together as Tucker shows us four beautiful Ryan Gosling films. We are announcing now that we are going to be watching Drive, The Nice Guys, Lars and the Other Girl, and Blade Runner 2049. And we are very much... Lars and the Real Girl. That's what I said. You said Other Girl. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, Lars and the Real Girl. And we are very excited that Tucker will be joining us for all four of those episodes. Hopefully, unless something happens, but those are the four next movies you can expect from us. I thought the theme was Tucker. The whole yeah. month of Tucker. He's Tucker, and then and I, you know, and I guess we also have Ryan Gosling because yeah. we need to, to, the podcast to be about something. He's everything, and he's just Ryan Gosling. Yeah, exactly. But by the end of it, we're all going to realize that Eva Longoria is the luckiest woman alive. Why? She's married to Ryan Gosling. She is. Yeah. Oh. And it's just like, why can't I have that? All right? Why can't I? <laughs> Square and just the Yugi meme. It should have been me. I should have been married to Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I could have made him happy. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know, don't put a cuckoo clock heart in a baby. Don't stab someone in the eye. And honestly, like, just shut the fuck up about rap music if you just, like, come on. You don't understand. Yeah, Get over it. you specifically. You know you, who I'm talking about. Yeah, you. you know who we're talking about here. <laughs> you know. Joe. <laughs> <laughs>